0: Tavares in the far corner. Riley's still up there. Oh, and it's plate for Shannon. Missed this pass, but Tavares Ooh. keeps it going. And it's John Tavares behind the net. Coming so up in front, John scores! Yeah. John Tavares, they finally caught lightning in the bottle. And the Maple Leafs
1: have broken the 19-year curse. hello and welcome to the ice guys brought to you by the national hockey now network this is the show that takes you into the world of the national hockey league every game every day from a betting perspective With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex Beesman, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron.
0: Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Sunday, April 30th, Ian Cameron with you, just yours truly on this Sunday, as we gear up for two Game 7s. Game 7's the best two words. In sports, especially in this sport, I mean, it doesn't get more tense. It doesn't get more dramatic. It certainly doesn't get more, you know, war, uh, nerves in your in your system. You don't get more nerves in your system than you do in a Game 7 in a Stanley Cup playoff series. And We are going to have the good fortune to be able to witness two Game 7s tonight. In Stanley Cup playoff action, the Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins to start it off in an unfathomable game seven, considering the dominance we saw all season from the Boston Bruins. And yet, here they are in the first round after having one of the most historical regular seasons in NHL history, being pushed to the limit by the Florida Panthers in the first round. And then we will follow that with the Seattle Kraken and the Colorado Avalanche in the second. Uh, game 7 taking place tonight, so uh, we're looking forward to it. It's not the best two words when your team is involved, and that's a 1,000% true, uh, says John Massey in the uh, chat. No question uh, about that. Of course, we started the show there with a little uh, video intro, audio intro of the uh, the goal that basically uh, exercised all the demons and got rid of 19 years of... Just absolute failure, catastrophes, choke jobs, gag jobs, collapses, heartbreaks, disappointments. 19 years of it consecutively in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And finally, as uh, Chris Cuthbert said in his wonderful call uh, of that game winning goal, um, the curse is broken. And the Toronto Maple Leafs win a playoff series for the first time in 19 years. And uh, thankfully, I don't have to rip them apart and rant about them following another first round demise, which has become, to be quite honest with you, an ice guy show tradition uh, over the last two springs. But finally, the Leafs get it done last night uh, with that victory against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you know what's funny is that in some of these playoff losses the Leafs have had in years past, you know, they have been outplaying the opponent. They have done it at times. They've carried the play. You know, they've looked more than good enough to be a team to win the game and win the series, and yet they just have failed to get it done. Oddly enough, in this series, you could make a great case that Tampa Bay outplayed Toronto for the majority of it. Uh, Carry the play, you know, seemed to look like they had a lot more, uh, the the puck was on their stick a lot more, they had a lot more offensive zone time for sure as well, Uh, and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs though survived it you know, withstood the push whenever Tampa Bay would make it. They got, I think, some of the best goaltending, some of the most clutch goaltending, timely save goaltending that they have received during this 20-year dry spell, especially last night for Amelia Samsonov, because there were many occasions in that game last night where, wow, there's a grade-A chance for the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, whether it was a point-blank chance that Braden Point had you know in the third period whether it was mikey acmont coming in on a breakaway uh in overtime there were many examples of Ilya Samsonov having to uh shut the door and face some relatively difficult level of quality chances in terms of high danger chances he did that and the uh, toronto maple leafs get the bounce and tampa bay didn't let's be honest i mean it's not going to be a picasso or a rembrandt it's not going to be pretty when you look back at the replay of that John Tavares overtime game winning goal, but it won the series for the Toronto Maple Leafs and it ended the 19-year drought. And I think at the end of the day, that is really all they care about. So uh, congrats to them, you know, the, the whole organization, especially the fan base. For as much as they are a pain-in-the-ass fan base, and you better fucking believe it, they still are, uh, and even more so maybe today because, you know, you would think they won the Stanley Cup. This Leaf team after last night, if you see the reactions in Toronto at Maple Leaf Square, outside Scotiabank Arena, downtown Toronto, people in their homes, people on the street, you would have thought they won a cup last night. They won a championship. Hold on, folks. It's just one round. And normally if a fan base did that after one fucking playoff series round, I'd say, what a bunch of fucking losers you are. You you know, what a bunch of, you know, what a pathetic group, what a pathetic lot you are. You're going this crazy in celebration after one playoff series round, but there is no doubt I am giving the Leaf fans a break when it comes to that last night. As far as I'm concerned, you want to get your ass, you know, you want to get pie-eyed, you want to get fucking hammered, you want to get shit-faced, you want to go nuts celebrating last night, jumping up on telephone poles, jumping up on street uh, lights, you know, climbing those, which we saw signs of that in downtown Toronto last night. If you want to do it, Go for it. You've earned it. You've had to suffer for 19 years of misery, of pain, of heartache, of gut-wrenching anguish, and all of a sudden it gets basically snuffed out uh, and uh, you extricate yourself from the doom, from the gloom last night uh, in that Game 7 victory, at least for a little bit. Now, the t- now the, here's the thing, and we and I know Alex talked about this too, and we've talked about this all season. And all along, we said, what if this is actually the year the Leafs finally win the first round? What if that happens? Does this mean the weight and the burden is off their shoulders and all of a sudden they play relaxed, they play carefree, they play with extreme confidence because now they've got a series victory in their back pocket? And does this make Toronto dangerous from here on out, regardless of whether they play Boston or Florida in the next round? And does it make them dangerous in that series coming up and beyond? Because th- it's just that weight is gone. They don't have to grip their sticks as tightly. I mean, all of that is a legitimate, you know, opinion here going into uh, this uh, next series. That maybe that finally winning that series was just such a fucking weight, you know, off the shoulders of the of the team. You know, off Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, Morgan Riley, who's the longest tenured Leaf the coaching staff that's been here for years, the management, Dubas who's been here for years. It was just such a wait to finally win that first round that everybody's relaxed and they're better for it, you know, moving forward. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they fare before we get off that game. I want to say congrats to the Tampa Bay Lightning still um, for, you know, a hell of a series. We all had our doubts, you know, going into the playoffs that Tampa Bay would be You know, there's people that thought Toronto would just rip through Tampa Bay, and it was far from that uh, in the first round. Toronto had to sweat, Toronto had to grind, Toronto had to work for everything they got uh, in that first round against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And, uh, you know, you have to give that team their due and their respect and tip your cap to, you know, Stephen Stamkos and Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov and Victor Hedman and Andre Vasilevsky, you know, and the core of that Tampa Bay team that uh, you know, it's not easy to win back-to-back Stanley Cups, and it sure as fuck ain't easy to go to the Stanley Cup final, not once, not twice, but three years in a row to have the physical stamina, the mental stamina, the emotional, you know, strength to still accomplish that three years in a row is mind-blowing. So uh you have to give them their due. It's gonna be a very, very interesting offseason for them. You know, there was that thought that. You know, there could be some significant changes to the Lightning just because of the salary cap issues that they are. And they're up against it. You know, they're they're one of many teams in the NHL that they are right up against it as far as the salary cap is concerned. So how Julian Brisebois, the general manager of the Lightning, manages that in the offseason is going to be very, very interesting to uh, witness Um, But we do have to give them credit. It's been a hell of a few years here for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, even though their season ended last night a little bit uh, prematurely. And also, John Cooper, great show of respect in the handshake line last night, which is one of the great traditions in sports after every playoff series, the handshake line. And he's tapping Austin Matthews on the helmet. And a real show of respect, Uh, same with him and Sheldon Keefe at the end. So, very good to see that and uh like i say the leafs shockingly for the first time since 2004 win a playoff series for the first time in high definition television for the first time in the twitter era for the first time really in the social media era like they have not won a playoff series for during any moment of time when twitter and instagram and i don't even know if facebook was around in 2004 that's how long it's been. MySpace was around. I know that. So yeah, the Leafs did win a playoff series when MySpace was around, but I think after that, that's about it. So, uh, but it was uh, well earned. They've suffered through a lot, and we'll see what they do in the second round uh, and beyond. And then in the other series last night, it was the uh, Edmonton Oilers taking on the LA Kings uh, in the uh, other game uh, last night. Actually, Rangers Devils will start there. Uh, look, just when you think they, just when you think they're out there, they pull you back in. That classic line from the Godfather. It's what it was like with the Rangers last night. Just when you think they're done, horrible three games in a row, three, four, and five. Uh, game five in New Jersey might have been the lowest of the low, and they pull you back in, and all of a sudden, here's Mika Zibanejad scoring his first goal of the series. Hi, Mika. Nice to nice for DJ Z-Bands to finally realize the Stanley Cup playoffs had started. Uh, he gets a big goal last night. Vladimir Tarasenko. Making it three one for the Rangers. A much more, even though he didn't score, it was much more noticeable effort from Patrick Kane. You know, all the best play and Chris Kreider after a. You know, he's had a great series, but a lot of his damage was early in the series. and those two wins, he steps up with the big deflection goal to really get the Rangers going last night. So uh, all of a sudden, uh, the uh, New York Rangers strike back with not only a win but a decisive win. The kind of win they had in Game One and in Game Two. Have they shaken the confidence of Akira Schmidt? That's going to be interesting moving forward. Uh, they finally got to him. They finally put some pucks behind him so much that he got pulled late in that game, which as a decision, I don't mind. Save him for game seven. They're going to go right back to him in game seven. You know, that, that's not a sign that they're done with Akira Schmid, that he finally got beat. Uh, I'm sure of it that uh, Lindy Roth will go back uh, to Akira Schmid. But there's really not, nothing more to say about last night's game than that. The Rangers had to man up. The Rangers had to get their offense going, get their power play going. The big guns, the, uh, which they have plenty of offensively, had to step up and and produce and get the job done with their season on the line facing elimination. And they did that uh, last night. So that's why the Rangers forced a game seven. Uh, and that is why uh, we're going to be going back to Newark tomorrow night uh, for a game seven. to ra- And it'll be the last game of the first round uh, tomorrow night. Rangers, Devils, they've already set the time, 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, tomorrow night for the Rangers and Devils, uh, it should be a great one. Shesterkin was his normal, solid self as well for the Rangers. And look, the Rangers, they did not like their puck management the last two games. Turnovers, a little lazy they were when they didn't have the puck. It was totally different last night. Uh, finally, the message got through. So, And John Massey saying that yeah, was never not going seven. And if you know Rangers hockey, you know they've been in a shit ton of seven-game series. Over the last decade. This is going back to when Henrik Lundqvist was just a young goalie in the NHL and the Rangers were in the playoffs. They've played so many seven game series, uh, no question uh, about that. By the way, Henrik Lundqvist is going to be on the TNT panel tonight for these two game sevens. So I'm sure he'll be much happier uh, being part of the TNT crew tonight, knowing that the uh, New York Rangers uh, have advanced to uh, game seven uh, against the New Jersey Devils uh, tomorrow night. And then the other game late in the uh, night was Edmonton, LA, and the Oilers just too good just too explosive too much firepower power play was just too much for the uh, la kings uh what did that team finish on the power play nine nine for 15 nine for 16 close to 60 percent for the series are you shitting me with those numbers for one team on on the power play in a playoff series it was absolutely unbelievable to see that uh absolutely remarkable um to see what we saw from the Edmonton Oilers power play, considering how good LA can be defensively. And yet the Edmonton Oilers power play and all those weapons that Jay Woodcroft has at his disposal to put out there with the man advantage were just too much uh, for the LA Kings. Uh, And uh, again, and even at five on five, we saw later in the series, other players stepped up few games there. It was Zach Hyman. uh, It was uh, Evander Kane last night. Cleem Kostin, another unsung hero for the Oilers, another depth forward gets it done. Kyler Yamamoto with the game winning goal late in the third period. If Edmonton can continue to get those secondary wave contributions offensively from forwards other than Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel, and you could say even beyond Zach Hyman and Evander Kane, you know, if you get your Cleem Kostin stepping up, you get. Kyler Yamamoto chipping in. Um, And what if Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you know, starts to uh, pick it up again. Now he had an amazing regular season, 100 points. He was the one guy that was pretty quiet in that first round series for the Oilers. But what if he gets going again for them? I mean, to me with that lethal firepower and offensive onslaught that they can bring that power play, they can, they can win any game they want because we're seeing and we saw it in the la series and again last night we saw it in the game they came back from a three nothing deficit in game four to win in overtime edmonton can still win playoff games when they give up four goals that's not supposed to happen all right that is not supposed to happen you give up four goals in a stanley cup playoff game you're toast you're not winning that game in a in a time of season when the checking is tighter When defensive play improves and goaltending is usually very strong and players are blocking shots left and right, you're not supposed to win multiple times in a series. Stanley Cup playoff games when you give up four goals. okay? And the Edmonton Oilers can do that. Why? Because they're that fucking good offensively. And that power play is one of the best of all time. There's no debate. There's absolutely zero debate. This is one of the absolute all-time greatest power play units that any NHL team has had in the history of the league. There is no argument there with what we're seeing from the Edmonton Oilers with the man advantage. It's it's ridiculous what they're doing with it. It's like, it's almost at the point where you take a penalty against Edmonton, puck's going to end up in the back of your net. That is how incredible they have been uh, right now with the, uh, or up the whole season with the power play. But what's been even more incredible Unbelievable is that it's continued in the playoffs when things are supposed. It's supposed to be tougher to score, even with the man advantage. It's supposed to be tougher to score in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Not for this Edmonton team, apparently. Um, Just remarkable stuff. Leon Drysaitel, just a ridiculous series for him. What seven goals for the Oilers? Connor McDavid had a great night last night, and look, he had. I still think he's bothered a little bit by that leg injury, but for him to play like that last night through it was very impressive. Um defensively they've done enough. I mean, that's still probably if you had to say what you worry about with Edmonton and the Vegas series coming up and beyond, if they get through the Golden Knights, it's that you know, the defense and the goaltending is still the little maybe area where they're a little suspect. Uh, but uh and what I like too is that uh I thought Stuart Skinner made a, a horrible mistake and a horrible gaffe. And it turns out that the reason he made that gaff was because um his goalie stick broke, so it really wasn't his fault in the end. Which uh, on that Deneau tying goal, uh, which was good to see. Um, you know, it really wasn't on him. His stick broke. I mean, it's a tough break there. But the Oilers came back. They didn't panic. They didn't get flustered. Uh, you know, Skinner bounced back with some big saves when it was four four, and then they ended up getting the uh, Kyler Yamamoto goal. So five uh, four uh, Oilers. They advance. Uh, the LA Kings. Another. Look, the LA Kings have been unfortunately facing Edmonton here in each of their first round series, and that's why they've been eliminated. I mean, they've certainly been good enough to be a team that can win a round or two in the playoffs, but they've re- run up against Edmonton uh, two straight years, and unfortunately, uh, Edmonton's just been too much for them. But another good season for the Kings and for the Edmonton Oilers that sets up what I think should be a very uh, entertaining second round coming up between them and the Vegas Golden Knights and. You know, if Laurent Brossois brings the level of goaltending he did against Winnipeg in this series, this is going to be another battle for the Edmonton Oilers. You know, um, so I I still like them in that series, Edmonton. We'll get into it more tomorrow and Tuesday uh, on the show. But Vegas has incredible depth. Forwards, defense, Brossois playing well. That will not be an easy series for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Should be a fun one to watch. Speaking of fun to watch, It doesn't get much more fun to watch than game seven Uh, we've got two of them here tonight so let's get into it we will start with the florida panthers taking on the boston bruins Uh, we've got uh, boston here uh, minus a 220 uh, home favorites Uh, in game seven uh, the total is six uh, pretty much across the board here uh, in this game Uh, very interesting to see what the lineup is for both teams, but especially Boston, because Boston the team coming off the game six loss and the game five loss. A three, one series lead has disappeared. And now all of a sudden we've got a game seven on our hands here tonight. Uh, we think there's going to be some changes to the lineup. Jim Montgomery was hinting at it uh, going into uh, tonight's uh, game seven. Uh, and I think when you look at uh, what, the rumblings are coming out of the uh, press conference that Montgomery had this morning. It looks to me like on the blue line, uh, Connor Clifton is going to come out, and Matt Grizzlick is going to go in. That's going to be the main change for the uh, Bruins. It looks like too, and there was some talk too about whether Derek Forbert uh, or or, Clif- or Clifton would get in too. And Forbert's going to be in, so it's going to be Grizzlick, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo. Forbert and Orlov. That looks like it's gonna. That's what's going to be the sixth defenseman here for the Boston Bruins. And the other big decision was going to be. And actually, I should say before we get to the real big decision, which we know is the goaltending, uh, after what we saw from Leonis Allmark with the giveaway in Game Five, for the miscue, which not all the blame should go to him, but a big part of it, obviously. And then Game Six, he was just way below average. You know, for a guy that's had an incredible season, uh, just picked a really bad time to have a shitty night. Uh, in game six, um, we'll get to the goaltending decision in a moment, but it looks like Nick Foligno is going to end up a healthy scratch tonight for the Bruins. And they're going to put Trent Frederick in the lineup instead, which I like Trent Frederick's just that, l- that lightning rod of energy, energy, you know, for checking physicality can chip in a little offense here and there, but more than that, he's there to, you know, for check. Well, make sure Bruins play in the offensive zone tonight. Trent Frederick, throw the body around, throw his weight around. That's what uh, Trent Frederick's in the lineup for here tonight for the uh, Boston Bruins, if that change does indeed occur, which it looks like it is. Uh, the other lines, it's going to be Marshawn, Bergeron, DeBrusque on the top line, Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak on the second line, Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, Tyler Bertuzzi on the third line, and then Frederick Tom- Tomash, Nosik and Garnett Hathaway on the fourth line. And then, of course, the goaltending decision, which, from all indications, uh, Montgomery didn't say who his starting goalie was going to be, but you read between the lines, you read anybody, Kevin Paul DuPont, and Fluto Shinzawa, and our guy Jimmy Murphy, and anybody, uh, Joe Haggerty, anybody that covers the Bruins, Everyone's other belief, Jeremy Swayman's starting tonight, and I think I think it will be too. And to be honest with you, I was the closer we got to this game tonight, the more I was starting to think, yeah, I think it will be Jeremy Swayman here tonight. But man, you talk about and there's no there's no decision that could have been made here in this situation for Montgomery where it's clear cut that that's oh for sure that's the obvious call. It's not an obvious call to put Allmark back in there. For as amazing as he's been this season because he's coming off a, a game where he uh, had a terrible turnover in game five that lost it in overtime and an awful game six, which was not even close to the standard that Linus Allmark has set for himself this year. So it wasn't an easy, clear cut and dried decision to go to Allmark, but it was also not a clear cut decision to go to Jeremy Swayman tonight. You're talking about a guy that hasn't played in several games, hasn't played very much at all, hasn't played any playoff hockey. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, you're going to end up putting them in there in the pressure cooker of a game seven at home to save the season and avoid what would have been would be would what would be a brutally disappointing end to a historic season for the Boston Bruins. And this is a very passionate fan base. It's not going to sit well with Boston Bruins fans if they shit the bed and they lose tonight, and, and this three one series uh, evaporates, and they lose in seven tonight. It's not going to sit well with them. They won't care two shits about the great regular season. Nobody in Boston's going to say, ah, but still, we had, you know, an incredible record setting season and wins and points in the regular season. Nobody's nobody's interested. People want results at this time of year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The same thing with the Leaf fan, who finally felt good last night. You think all these years they cared about the great regular season performances? No. You know, every year they got bounced in the first round didn't and the regular seasons didn't make up for that. So if you're the Boston Bruins here, you know, you've got to you know, if you're Jeremy Swayman, man, what a what a big spot for him to be in. Um, we'll see what his temperament is. We're going to find out right away pretty much. You know, if 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 it's Swayman and I think it is going to be Jeremy Swayman starting here, we're going to find out right away if he's ready to rock, if he's going to be dialed in, if he's ready to play his A game and be ready to play at a high level. Uh, Like I said, I think we're going to be able to tell uh, immediately here in this game. So uh, I'm fascinated to see how it plays out uh, here in uh, game seven tonight with the uh, Panthers and the Bruins. It's a tough one to bet um, because, as you know, I've been riding the over in this series. And for the most part, that's gone well. Uh, The last two games, of course, uh, both of them going over the total uh, with ease. Uh, The total is still set at six. I mean, there's been no adjustment here. so. You know, you would think in normal circumstances, yeah, you take the over again. And I, I I, might have a small bet on it, but you know the history of game sevens, not only in the NBA, but the NHL, that they are historical unders and not just unders by a little clip, by a large clip. We're talking about game seven heavily trending toward the under. It's been that way, you know, in a lot of different games in both the NHL and the NBA. Uh, and you know that's that's tough tough for me to pull the trigger on the over, knowing that historical under trend. I do like the third period over. I'm standing by it, and I will be on it here in this game with the uh, Bruins and the Panthers. I'm off the side I'm entirely. I can't with with the loss of momentum that the Boston Bruins have suffered, you know, since being up three to one. I'm not laying this price with them. There's just absolutely no way at minus uh, two thirty. Uh, to minus 240, which is where this line opened. It's dropped down just a little bit since then, but yeah, there's just no way I'm ready to lay this price. Even the Bruins team total, which we got at a nice, you know, even money price in Florida, you know, you got to get minus 145, minus 150 here with the Bruins and with the team total tonight. Um, Don't feel great about that. So I like over two, minus 122 in the third period. And really other than that, I'm going to be looking more at props tonight. It's going to be more of a prop game for me uh, than anything else here. And we're going to look at one thing I do feel comfortable and confident in. Boston will be the dominant team territorially in this game. They will carry the play. I think this is going to be a repeat of game five in terms of how the game flow transpires. Boston will have the edge in shots. They'll have the edge in puck possession. They'll have the edge in territorial play. Uh, And they will probably pelt 30, maybe even 40 shots on goal uh, against Sergei Bobrovsky tonight. Uh, in this game. The, but as we saw in game five, that doesn't necessarily mean that the um, Boston Bruins are going to win the game just because they outshoot, outchance the Florida Panthers, have the puck more often. It doesn't. So uh, I definitely think it's, like I said, I don't think the Bruins are going to give up as much to Florida. Florida, I think, will be kind of on the back foot, especially early. I could see. You know, the Bruins really coming out strong. Our guy, Kevin Beach, talks about the uh, uh, Boston Bru- or the first of five shots on goal. Now, it is worth noting, Florida, the last couple games, they've been the team to get to the five shots on goal first in each of the last two games. So uh, that's a market I don't want to explore. But I will look toward uh, goalie Bob over saves tonight because I think he's just going to be under uh, an incredible amount of duress uh, here in this game tonight. Uh, 30 and a half is his saves prop, minus 130. Um, I like it. Over 30 and a half saves for uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. You just got to hope that, you know, I, and I don't think Boston's going to completely light him up in this game. Now, they did score a bunch the other game, uh, game six, uh, against him. but And I don't think Paul Maurice is going to pull Bobrovsky in this game under any circumstance. It would have to get totally out of hand. It would have to be like 3 nothing or 4 nothing. Boston in the first period or in the first half of the game, I think for Bobrovsky to end up getting pulled. And I just don't see that happening. You know, it would have to really get out of hand for the, uh, uh, in favor of the Bruins for Bobrovsky to uh, get pulled and for us to lose that prop. So I, I I do still like it. Uh, It's over 30 and a half saves for Sergei Bobrovsky uh, in this game. And then as far as the shots on goal props are concerned, number one, David Posternock, man, this might be my favorite prop bet of the entire day. Certainly from shots on goal perspective, It is probably is my favorite. Over four and a half shots on goal, minus 140 at bet 365. He's getting the five shots on goal. I'm convinced of it. He had, obviously, he was talk, talk, telling himself, telling the media, I got to shoot the puck more uh, going into game six. And boy, he was a man of his word. He had seven shots on goal. Uh, in the uh, game six, seven to five loss uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins. So uh, this is a very strong shots on goal bet for me uh, is David Posternock over four and a half shots on goal. Game seven, no tomorrow. You're a 60 goal scorer on this hockey team, the leading goal scorer on this hockey team. Shooters shoot. And this shooter, Mr. Posternock, is uh, absolutely, I think, going to be shooting that puck left and right. Uh, here today so that the over four and a half minus 140 it's one of my absolute favorite bets of the day especially favorite shots on goal uh player prop uh bets of the of the day here uh in this uh, game uh if you want to look at other props i mean this is definitely a game where you it's not a bad idea to look at a bunch of different bruins over their shot prop because again i think they're going to have the they're going to be on the front foot they're going to have to carry the play they're going to have that 30 40 shot output as a team just like they had in game five um, so and Patrice Bergeron, man, I keep talking about Patrice two games back from his uh, absence. He played in game five and in game six, what did he have? Six shots on goal, four shots on goal. Uh, I definitely think he goes over his shot prop again. It has been two and a half. These last two games, they finally bumped Patrice Bergeron up to three and a half uh, shots on goal for this game, but I don't think they bumped it up enough. I don't think they bumped it up enough again, six and four shots on goal. In the two games since his return, last year in the playoffs, which I mentioned multiple times, uh, he went over two and a half shots in every playoff game in the first round against Carolina in the series they lost in seven games. So he's been shooting the puck. Uh, I like the uh, shot prop for him as well uh, going into this game. And also, I like Bergeron here to uh, get a point minus 150. Uh, I think it's a uh, decent value uh, in this um, to, to, uh, because look, the captain leads by example and the general lead, the troops will follow. I think you're going to get that kind of effort today from Bergeron. I do like a couple Florida props, but more so going to look toward, you know, really tightening it up here in terms of the Florida props here uh, in the, I, I'm sticking with Bennett. Okay. Because Sam Bennett's been just a tower of consistency, for the uh, Florida Panthers, both in terms of the shot output and, and of course, the uh, ability to score. Uh, Last game, he only had the one shot, but before that, he had uh, over two and a half shots in four straight games for this Panthers team. And I think he has a good chance to go over that uh, shots number here. If there's one Florida Panther that I'm looking at here, it's Bennett to go over the two and a half shots on goal. Uh, I definitely think that's a pretty good look uh, here in this one. Matthew Kachuk, it goes without saying, uh, not only over shots, but more so with Matthew Kachuk, I'd probably sprinkle on the goal market. Like, unless Florida gets shut out by Swayman, you know, someone's going to put the puck in the net for them. And I I, I think they're playing too well, and they've got a little too much momentum to say, well, Boston's just going to roll them. Boston's going to shut them out. I don't see it. And who's going to score for them? If anybody, it's got to be Kachuk. Kachuk has just been their clutch player this entire series. And you can still get upwards of plus 190, you know, is honestly what I'm seeing here with his uh, shots on goal prop, or it's not his shots on goal, his goal score prop, I should say, uh, for this game. So, you know, Kachuk, plus 190, you know, is in a game of this magnitude when we know he's been a step it up, clutch performer here in these playoffs uh, for the Florida Panthers and in this series, I think it's probably a good way to go, in my opinion, that he's going to have a really good uh, opportunity here uh, to end up getting uh, over or scoring the goal, uh, a goal, I should say, and finding the uh, back of the net here for the um, uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers. So, again, you can get that at uh, plus 190 uh, at uh, Bet365. I think that's the best price out there for uh, Matthew Kachuk to score a goal. Bennett as well. Bennett, because you know what's good about Bennett? Bennett goes to the front of the net. A lot of Bennett's goals, Sam Bennett for Florida, they're right around the blue paint. Um, so, and that's where you're going to have to try to score in a game seven, because it's not going to be easy to get free, uh, from defensive coverage, and it's not going to be easy to find that open time and space in the offensive zone. So Bennett to me is the perfect example of someone that can break down the coverage and get to those tough areas to score for the Florida Panthers. The only other goal prop I would probably consider, certainly from a value standpoint, I mean, you could go Marshawn too. Not in a, in a game seven, Brad Marshall never say no. I think Posternock is the best option. Like Posternock shots on goal and goal prop, I knew right away I was betting both. I really like the shots on goal, especially like I said, for Posternock. I wouldn't talk anyone out of a goal prop for Marshall uh, plus 180 in that realm, but I'm also not going to sleep totally on Taylor Hall. And Taylor Hall's done some damage here at home in this series, and that's probably where I'm going to draw the line. Keep it tight. Just to, because this could be a 2-1, 3-1 one, one game. It really could be. We know game sevens have kind of trended under. So I don't want to be peppering the board with a ton of goal props. I don't. So, you know, Taylor Hall, plus 260 in some spots. It's a good price. Hall, Marchand, Pasternak, Bennett, Kachuk. I mean, I'm really tightening it up and looking at those guys in particular to find the back of the net as is as with their uh, shot on goal props Bergeron to get a point as well because the price isn't as bad with that uh, here as well no question so that's really what I'm focusing on and of course Bobrovsky over saves which I mentioned uh, earlier as well more props than anything the only pregame side or total that I have here is the third period over uh, in this game but should be a, a fun exciting game and certainly such a lot on the line for the Boston Bruins because if they were to bow out tonight in game seven of this first round series against a team that just barely got into the playoffs and kind of struggled and was mediocre all regular season. What a bitter pill it would be for the Bruins and certainly for the Bruin fan base. So it will be a much anticipated game seven at TD garden here tonight. All right. uh, We will be back in just a moment to talk about the other game seven, Colorado avalanche, the defending Stanley cup champions looking to uh, stay alive and move on to the second round, hosting the upstart Seattle Kraken. We will get to that game and preview it in just a moment. 178 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. Appreciate it very much. Shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We'll be back in just a moment to talk Seattle-Colorado game seven coming up right after we hear from Gramco.
1: Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta-8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta-8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, the second
0: game seven here tonight on this Sunday, uh, splendid Sunday of game sevens in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We go to Denver, Mile High, Seattle Kraken, Colorado Avalanche. Colorado minus two twenty home favorites, five and a half the total here in this game seven. Um, it feels like Colorado has all the momentum following that game six win in Seattle. I mean, it was. I'm sure the Kraken fan, fans were hoping for it to be a momentous night uh, at home, trying to clinch their first-ever playoff series win, and it sure feels like the Avalanche have a shit ton of momentum going into this Game 7. But, man, this has been a resilient, feisty, tough-minded Seattle Kraken team. All-season, Seattle team with one of the best road records in the NHL, 28-15. and 15. This season on the road for the Seattle Kraken, a Seattle team that has already managed to beat Colorado um, multiple times here in Denver uh, in this series, winning game one uh, in this series, uh, of course, getting the job done there. Uh, let me just see that what that's. Yeah, three to one. Uh, they took game one. Uh, they ended up taking game five uh, in Colorado uh, as well. So, you know, I don't think Seattle's coming in here quaking in their boots saying we've got no shot. We've lost our chance, you know, to win this series, um, you know, following that game six loss at home. So I, I'm, I'm sprinkling on Seattle here tonight. I am uh, plus 190. I feel of the two underdogs. Seattle's got the better chance tonight. They haven't been in awe of Colorado. Colorado not having Cogliano you're going to just you, some people will yawn that will induce yawns uh you know basically uh that he's going to be missing but he's a very important defensive player down the lineup for this Avalanche team He's very good away from the puck defensively uh his absence especially when you look at what some of the depth forwards have done for Seattle in this series you know the it's not always been you know Eberle and Beniers and Schwartz and the top players that have burned Colorado in this series, Morgan Geeky and Daniel Sprong, you know, players like that have stepped up, you know, offensively. And it's been repeated that they've gotten contributions up and down the lineup here for us, for Seattle going into uh, this game tonight. So to not have the defensive conscience and presence of an Andrew Cogliano to go with still big Val still out because of his issues that he had I mean, there's just all kinds of reasons here to think, you know, this is not going to be an easy closeout game, even at home, even in front of the ball arena faithful uh, here for the uh, Colorado uh, Avalanche. So, you know, of the two dogs tonight, like so I am certainly not interested in laying with either favorite and not, but not, like I said, I'm not interested in Boston, but I'm less inclined to go against Boston than I am Colorado. Um they they're to me especially at home it's just been shocking to see seattle dictate the terms as often as they have here in denver in game one they totally deserve the win seattle uh and colorado did push back in game two but man it felt like a survival even the game two home win that the avalanche had uh in this series but uh you know, I think it's just going to be a tough game. I'm on the Seattle and the draw split as well because I think of the two games, this has greater overtime potential as well. You know, I can't go through these two game sevens with not without at least not with a, with at least without taking a shot on one of these games to go to a draw to go to overtime. And I think this is the one uh, that I think has got the shot to do it. So uh, for me, it's going to be a little Seattle, a little on the draw uh, as well. Uh, at a good price, uh, and we will uh, go from there uh, for this game. And again, the draw plus uh, is a is a really good price here if you look at it. And again, go to FanDuel; you'll get the best price on it plus three fifty uh, for the draw in this game. I think if there's one of these games that's going to go to OT, it could be this one. Uh, that's what I'm looking at. I'm I'm not really involved. I'm not involved in the full game total, but as you know, I will be on the uh, third period over, uh, which I'm even more inclined to look at third period only in in these game seven elimination games because a lot of times it's a slow start i mean to be honest with you if you want to look at under one and a half in the first period for both of these game sevens tonight i wouldn't say i wouldn't talk you out of it i wouldn't i wouldn't i've got that pit of my gut and you know i hate unders i despise unders but i will always tell you when i think in the pit of my stomach i feel the game's going to be lower scoring and i think in these two game sevens tonight You'll go one and one at worst, maybe and mo- most possibly two and zero, oh, if you go with the first period under. You know, in both of these games tonight, Florida, Boston, and Seattle, Colorado. I definitely think there's potential we could get that uh, slow start. Yeah, the Kraken have scored. I'm tempted by that as well. Um, I don't like it as much tonight, just because it's game seven and maybe Colorado for a change. You know, gets up uh, early and gets the first goal, bolstered by the crowd, but. I'm certainly gonna probably put a couple bucks on that. How can I not? I did on in Game Six, and it ended up being actually uh, all Colorado after Seattle got that first goal. But uh, certainly the uh, Seattle Kraken scoring the first goal in every game in this series—it's hard to ignore that six and zero scoring the first goal uh, in this series. The uh, Seattle Kraken, and you get a nice plus price on that uh, at uh, FanDuel. So um, you know, like I said, it's hard not to uh, look at that, uh, especially given the uh, tendencies. Uh, that we have seen uh, in this series, as far as player props go for this game, uh Jordan Jaden Schwartz over shots on goal. I mean, I'm just going to keep on, keep on hit hammering this thing uh, as long as I can because uh, this guy has been uh, totally—they've um they've been sleeping on his shot on goal numbers uh, in terms of these player props for Jaden Schwartz for Seattle. He's gone three, four, eleven, four, and four shots on goal. In the last five games for the Seattle Kraken, they finally tonight bumped it up to three and a half with his shots on goal prop. Actually, no, they have not. I beg your pardon. Two and a half minus 150 for his shots on goal prop right now at bet 365. Maybe some books have uh, pumped it up to three and a half here on uh, Jaden Schwartz. I'm just looking right now. No, no, I I, I thought they would. I, I, I thought they would. I thought they might. They have not. It's two and a half across the board. Jaden Schwartz over shots on goal. I'm seeing minus 142 at Caesars, minus 143 at Bet Rivers, minus 152 at FanDuel, minus 155 at DraftKings. So they've they've adjusted the price. They've adjusted the juice. You're not getting the minus 120, minus 130 you once did. But uh there's no question that Jaden Schwartz has been totally, totally undervalued here in the shots on goal. And again, he still only needs three. Shots on goal to cash that ticket with the number being two and a half still. So, uh, definitely liking that shots on goal prop. I'm not overthinking it on the Colorado side. You go with the great Nate, Nate McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon here, uh, for Colorado. I expect him to be a shooting machine, uh, here tonight in this game backs against the wall. That's what he does. And especially in these elimination games, I think you're going to get a shit ton of rubber fired at, uh, Philip Grubauer tonight, courtesy of Nate McKinnon. McKinnon had seven shots on goal in the last game at Seattle, game six. The first time his team's been facing elimination in this series. What did McKinnon do? He uh, had seven shots on goal. That's what he had. So uh, four and a half, Nate McKinnon, uh, over four and a half shots on goal. Minus 160, okay? So it's a little pricey, but I think he's getting over that. I think he's getting over that. And if you don't like the minus 160, for nathan mckinnon over four and a half shots on goal then what you can do is you could you know you could go the ladder route FanDuel offers that you go five plus shots six plus shots hell he had seven plus shots on goal uh he had seven shots on goal in seattle uh, in game six on friday night uh if you want to take seven plus shots on goal uh and get a better price on that at FanDuel, it's i wouldn't talk you out of it seven plus shots for mckinnon at FanDuel is plus 220 uh if you're interested so uh, not a bad option there for sure. Uh, if you're looking at uh, shots on goal uh, numbers there for uh, Nathan McKinnon, uh, should be a, a, f- a excellent, excellent game here. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It is lots of storylines, um, you know, and certainly if you're going to go goal props or point props, anything like that uh, here for this game tonight with the uh, Seattle Kraken and the Colorado Avalanche, Um I get this funny feeling because this is, I'm targeting players that are going to make themselves, make their presence known in the paint, you know, in the blue paint, in the crease area, get in the goalie's kitchen, make life miserable for the opposing goaltender. And nobody exemplifies that more on the Seattle Kraken. And this is just a gut feel, bargain bin special for me with the goal prop market on the Seattle side tonight. And that's Yanni Gord, who, of course, has been in, you know, with winning teams in the playoffs before in his Tampa Bay days, you know, knows what it takes to win games of this magnitude. Um, And you can get Yanni Gord here. uh, And I'm just looking at the uh, prices. Yanni Gord at plus 380 to score a goal in some books tonight. At uh, DraftKings, BetMGM, and PointsBet, all have Yanni Gord at plus 380 to score a goal tonight. It's just got that feel to it for me that he's the kind of player that would find a way to score in a game like this where there's not a lot of room out there, where you know everybody's going to be looking to block shots you know that are coming from the point area or the slot area where you're going to have to try to get to the uh, loose change right in front of the net. And very few players do that better for the Seattle Kraken than Yanni Gord. So uh, that definitely is one that I'm interested in as far as a bargain bin goal prop tonight. I think for Colorado, like I say, it's just been remarkable to see how so much of the offensive load has fallen on Nate McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. So you know it's difficult to go uh, veer away from those two guys as far as you know scoring goals and making things happen offensively uh, here uh, for uh, the Colorado Avalanche because that's been those have been the two guys all playoffs that have been getting it done. If you actually look at the uh, goals, you got Rantanen with six, McKinnon with three. Uh, in this series. And then, yeah, actually, Lekkonen's chipped in with three, so he may not be a bad option either. But then after that, it's pretty dry. You know, you've got Rodriguez with one, Comfer with one, Big Val had one before he, uh, before his recent absence. That's about it. So, you know, don't overthink it. I mean, Ranton and McKinnon, and if you want to sprinkle on Lekkonen, too, who's got three goals in this series, that's that's about the extent of the offense for the most part here for Colorado in this series, so uh, keep an eye on that, and as far as Seattle goes, like I say, there's a lot more uh, depth in terms of their scoring contributions. Jaden Schwartz, like I say, I like his shots on goal. I like him to score a goal, too. He's uh, tied for the team lead, and as far as points go in this series, he's got two goals in this series. Now, again, there's a lot of twos and ones as far as goals scored in the series for Seattle because they've gotten so many different contributions that they haven't relied on just one or two guys, but Schwartz and Geeky Geeky scored in Denver the last time they played. If you're if you're looking bargain bin, there's another name to throw at you. Morgan Geeky, who is plus 620 at FanDuel to score a goal tonight. Morgan Geeky, uh, which is one hell of a price if you ask me, because he's actually tied with Jaden Schwartz for the team lead in goals in this series for the Seattle Kraken. So, yeah, I think that's something I've got to sprinkle on a little bit. Is that plus 620? So that's what I'm looking at. McCarr over shots on goal. Uh, definitely, I'm interested. Ranton, same thing. M- McKinnon and the shot market. Schwartz, is especially for Seattle. He's by far the number one shot gone goal prop for Seattle tonight, uh, just in terms of value uh, compared to uh, many of the others. So uh, that's what I'm going to be looking at here with uh, game seven with the uh, Kraken and the Avs. And as I mentioned earlier, third period over uh, as well in this game and also a little sprinkle, a split bet on Seattle money line and the draw for this game seven here with the uh, Avalanche hosting the Kraken. Fascinating game. Like, uh, common wisdom tells you it's the defending champs. They got the series back, you know, momentum on their side, going home for game seven. They're going to romp. They're going to close it out. But, man, there's something about Seattle, man. They have not backed down. They've been so good on the road all year. I think it's going to be a tough game for Colorado. They could still win it. It would not shock me if they do, but I don't think Seattle's making it easy on them. It's going to be a great game to watch. They're both going to be great game sevens to watch here tonight uh, between uh, the Panthers and Bruins and then the the Avs. Uh, All right, that's your look at game seven uh, in both uh, game sevens on this Sunday night. Um, I'm looking forward to them. I know you guys are as well. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate it. And a reminder check out patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, uh, daily ice guys show betting card, and more. Uh, check it out, patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. And also make sure uh, you check out the ice guys store, ice and get yourself some ice guys merch. The weather's starting to warm up. May uh, arrives tomorrow. Uh, No better time than right now to check out the Ice Guys store and cop yourself some great Ice Guys gear. All right, it is time for Best Bets in just a moment to wrap things up right after we hear from Manscaped support for the ice guys is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscapes performance package the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over 7 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Guys. that's promo code i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40, nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0. We'll take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time for best bets, and I'm going to go to a player prop for best bets because there's no doubt I'm uh, feeling it with the player props more than I am with sides and with totals for these two game sevens tonight, and we're going to pasta. We're going to go to our nice little Italian dish, and we're going to look at pasta to get five or more shots on goal. The price is great. The number is great. He just talked about shooting the puck a lot more going into game six. And Pasta was a man of his word. Seven shots on goal for David Posternock in game six against the Florida Panthers. And all we need is five from him tonight to cash this ticket. It's one of the best player prop bets on the board, in my opinion. And we're making it best bet material. David Posternock, Boston Bruins, over four and a half shots on goal, minus 140. That's going to be your best bet here for this Sunday, game seven stanley cup playoff slate all right that's a wrap thanks to everyone for joining us hit the like button Uh, on the way out we appreciate it very much a reminder the ice guys is live seven days a week monday to friday 2 p.m eastern saturday and sunday noon eastern if you can't watch the show live download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms google podcasts apple podcasts spotify Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron. What a night coming up. Enjoy the two Game 7s. An incredible Game 7 doubleheader coming your way tonight. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll be back tomorrow on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now.